Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to our Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Coming up, you're going to hear the audio from our Berea Report video that Mary Kay Ashley and I do every single day. And then we're going to come back after the break and give you three things that we're watching here as the Browns get ready to face the Bengals in week one. So uh, that's all coming up here on this Monday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Browns are beginning preparations for week one here on Labor Day. They play the Bengals on Sunday at Cleveland Browns Stadium. And of course, what we're all watching Mary Kay is the status of Denzel Ward. He was not on the practice field this morning. He remains in the concussion protocol and of course uh, as you wrote that means that Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom, someone else will be thrust into a big role against a very powerful Bengals receiving court if Denzel does not clear the protocol by Sunday. Yeah, and when we talked to safety Rodney McLeod, he almost made it sound like they're expecting to have Denzel back. But the truth of the matter is, when you're in the concussion protocol, you're at the mercy of the independent neurologist. Nobody knows if Denzel is going to be back or not. Fortunately for the Browns secondary, they are very deep and they are very versatile. They've got guys that can play outside. You can put Greg Newsom back out there again full time and put somebody else into the slot. You can keep Greg into the slot uh, when you go to three wides and put somebody else on the outside. So they've got some options. They're certainly not going to tell us what they're going to do, uh, but they've got plenty of guys that can do things. Yeah, that's really the key point, Ashley, is that it's not really up to the Browns. It's not really up to Denzel. It's someone else who kind of has to determine if he's cleared to go. And the later we get in the week, the less likely it's going to be he'll play. Right, and I think it just makes it harder to predict. I mean, head injuries in and of themselves, the recovery process is often unpredictable. I think knowing Denzel's concussion history, that adds to the unpredictability. And then adding in the fact that it is an independent neurologist that really is the one kind of taking charge of that process just makes it all I think hard to guess whether or not he would be available against the Bengals I think obviously if he's not like one of his highlight plays in his career came against the Bengals that 99 yard pick six he had against Joe Burrow two years ago so he's definitely a guy they would miss but hey I know too they have AJ Green back on the practice squad so I think that's somebody to keep an eye on as this week progresses Uh, now somebody else that everyone's watching of course is Dustin Hopkins he was not out of practice either but Mary Kay Kevin Stefanski said uh, Dustin will be back on Tuesday and his status for week one, nothing to worry about. Yeah, it's odd, though, because, you know, where is your new kicker on the Monday of Bengals week, right? I mean, he 
only just got here to begin with. He's got to be working on the snap hold sequence, getting to know his guys, and who knows why he wasn't here yet uh, today. Kevin said he will be here tomorrow, but the players are supposed to be off tomorrow. So, uh, you know, so we'll see how much work he gets done and how that all goes. But he will still have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to get ready for this game. Maybe we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was moving, and moving sucks. And so he had to move cross-country, Ashley. I guess, I don't know, give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe. Yeah, I guess it does leave a little bit concern for Mayan, though, because number one, like Mary Kay said, just learning that snap, that hold, that sequencing um, with Corey Bajorquez, with Charlie Hewlett. It would have been nice, you know, if they weren't, if they all weren't here today because they were down at the stadium. I mean, I know it's a beautiful day, as everyone can see out here. It's a hot day. It was beautiful last Thursday, but, you know, he talked last week, Dustin Hopkins, about how this is one of the most notorious places to kick in the NFL. So I think those reps are at a premium. And, and yeah, I'm sure maybe next time we talk to him, we'll get an answer on why exactly he was not able to be out here today but I guess in in the short term it's good that it's not a reason to be concerned like Kevin Stefanski was saying. Now obviously there have been changes on these teams but still a ton of familiarity between them and of course that starts with Joe Burrow who was one and four against the Browns in his fantastic young career Mary Kay uh, but the Browns are fully expecting to see Joe Burrow on Sunday uh, as he comes back from that calf injury. He did return to practice last week. Yeah when we did talk to safety Rodney McLeod today he said uh, you know that that they do um, you know believe that they are going to get the best of Joe Burrow and that is what they want they want to go out there and they want to beat the best they want to beat the AFC runners-up and uh, they want to start this season off really really strong against their AFC North foes and the division champs and you know they expect that they're going to see the you know the Joe Burrow that we've all come to know and Ashley, there's just so many great matchups to watch, but it really does start with Joe and those three receivers. I know. I mean, really, that's what this essentially has come down to these last couple of years and how the Browns have worked to stop those guys. And I think looking at that Bengals offensive line now, it looks a bit different if that defensive line is still going to have the huge advantage they've had the last couple of years, especially Miles Garrett, who's had a lot of sack success against the Bengals in the last three years or so, especially. And of course, he'll be going against a new left tackle. Jonah Williams is moving to the other side Orlando Brown now in Cincinnati or I don't know maybe the Browns will move Miles over to that side because he's had so much success against Jonah who knows whatever they do with Miles whatever they do whatever happens with Joe whenever Dustin Hopkins comes back all of that stuff we'll cover it all at cleveland.com slash Browns. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So that was the audio from our stand-up that we do every practice day. You can find those videos on our YouTube channel, Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com. If you search that on YouTube, you'll find us. Also, Football Insider, Cleveland Browns on Cleveland.com. It's the blue banner at the top of the page. And find us on Instagram, search Orange and Brown Talk. So uh, we're going to do about 15-ish minutes here. And look, this is a big week. It's week one. It's Bengals week. This is, I know Browns fans are very excited. I'm sure just, I'm sure everyone in this building is excited for what this year could hold. So let's just sort of, before we get into it, set up the week. Uh, Mary Kay, what, what's like the thing you're most interested in o- over this next week leading up to this game? 
Well, you know, I always take the uh, easier, softer way. So I will be, you know, we can't watch as much practice anymore as we were able to during training camp. But I'm really kind of trying to keep an eye on Deshaun Watson's demeanor, his mood, the vibe, the spring in his step, just how he seems. Because I think this whole season is riding on how he performs. I mean, if you take... Deshaun out of the picture, or you take Patrick Mahomes out of the picture, it's so different than if you take, I was listening to this on the radio this morning on Sirius, uh, those guys were talking about Chris Jones not being in Kansas City, and Charlie Weiss was saying, but they still have Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and it's so true, and I feel that way about Deshaun. Deshaun is what is going to make this whole thing go this year, so I'm keeping an eye on Deshaun. And, and the guys that he is working with, like we talked to Donovan Peoples-Jones today. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of plugged into the whole offensive side of the ball right now. Yeah, like going back to the Mahomes thing, like I, I was thinking about this, like who would I pick for the Super Bowl right now? And I feel like if somebody made me pick a Super Bowl winner, I'd pick the Eagles. But then I'd, I wouldn't want to pick Eagles Chiefs again, right? That feels like, but then it's also like, okay, so how do I talk myself out of Patrick Mahomes? It's almost impossible. It really is just all about Patrick. And you're right here. It's all about Deshaun and Ashley. Just watching, he does have a lot of energy. Like I noticed that even last year when he came back, like he runs between drills. And some of these practices are not always super energetic, I guess is one way to put it. But Deshaun has a lot of, he's, He's kind of going all the time. He's moving quickly between things. And I imagine, like, it has to, on some level, bother Deshaun a little bit that he lost against them last year, and that ended their little win streak they had going against the Bengals and Joe Burrow. And I'm sure he wants to be a part of one of those. You know, in the last couple of years, the Browns have had two really dominating wins. I'll say one last year and one in 2021 against Cincinnati and I'm sure Deshaun Watson like wants to have that kind of I guess quintessential division win that he hasn't had a chance to really experience yet and I think that that plays into a lot of the mentality stuff too I think that Mary Kay's talking about and if he goes out there and beats the Bengals and plays I mean this really is like his chance to just put everything behind like those six games last year all of that stuff if he just looks good I we always overreact to week one, but there will be lots of overreaction to week one if he plays poorly. If he plays well, there could be overreaction the other way. And I think, obviously, that's what he would want. That's what the Browns would. This is his chance to start changing that narrative, Mary Kay, on what he was in those six games last year to what he is this year. Absolutely. And when you think about the fact that the Browns are horrible in openers, I mean, just horrid in openers. I think it's something like 122 and... One or two, twenty-two and yeah, one. They haven't won like one that. at home since Jeff Garcia, right? Right. And they stole last year's, but that was the first one since then. It's crazy. Yeah. So it it's bad. Uh, their record in openers is bad. But I, you know, that Deshaun wants to throw all of those things out the window, put his own mark, his own stamp on this football team, and uh, you know he wants to start strong. He's got a lot to prove. He's had a lot of naysayers that have not put him in the top 10 or the top 15 when ranking quarterbacks this offseason. Uh, you know, he wants to show that he's not the quarterback that he was those last six games of last season, that everything's new like he told us that it was. So this is it. This is the time to come out strong, uh, you know, to win this football game, to, uh, to establish themselves 
in the AFC North and to get this party started. Okay, Ashley, what are you looking forward to this week? Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on this in the video portion of the pod, but I think it's worth talking about again, like this Browns defensive line and what they're going to do against the Bengals specifically. But I think like for me, bigger picture, I'm just really interested to finally like get a look at this line in an actual game where they've been able to game plan for an opponent and what those rotations look like by Jim Schwartz, not just subbing guys in and out, but when he's going to use a guy like Zedarius Smith as an interior rusher, um, who are going to be the two starters inside. I mean, I think Dalvin Tomlinson's a safe bet at this point, but is it going to be Shelby Harris or will they throw Jordan Elliott out there or will they throw three edge rushers out there? It's like all these things we don't know and couple that with the bang offensive line just has not been good like you said at the top end they have Orlando Brown now in there but I'm curious like does that mean they're gonna still put Miles Garrett on Jonah Williams because like as I think I said last year I made a joke that it looks like Miles made Jonah Williams forget what a football was at certain points like I'm curious to see how they're gonna exploit some of those matchups if at all what those rotations are gonna be like and it's it's like it's go time for this line we've been talking about it for months and months and months and I'm excited to finally get out there and see it there was a play in that Halloween game where I think Jonah just thought Miles disappeared. I think like he like he was blocking him, and then he just thought Miles disappeared into thin air, and Miles sacked Joe Burrow or hit Joe Burrow. So again, too much time to think. I was thinking again something else. I was thinking about there's a world where we come away from week one and we're just like, oh my god, this team is really good. And I think Mary Kay, obviously the Deshaun part of it, but I think that starts a lot with this defensive line. Like if they go out there and they're just completely overwhelming, I think we come away from week one thinking this team is like, like the sky really is the limit for this team all of a sudden. Yeah, it really can be. I mean, if this defense lives up to the hype, lives up to the Jim Schwartz reputation, if Z is what he was in the first half of last season, if Miles benefits from all these new guys on the defensive line like we think he will, I mean, these guys can be scary good. And if I were Joe Burrow coming off of a calf injury and I haven't played and practiced throughout all of preseason, I would be, you know, a little bit worried about going up against this Cleveland Browns defensive line. I mean, it could get ugly if he's not as mobile and can't get away from trouble uh, as he would like to be. And I think they are going to really help set the tone for the season with this game. And by the way, the Bengals couldn't really run the ball last year all that effectively. And it almost felt like when they did, it was Samaja Pirine, and he's not there anymore. So... I don't know. I <laughs> this this is just a really interesting matchup. I'm I'm glad you brought this one up, Ashley, because there is like if the Browns don't have to worry about the run as much, if Joe Mixon is still kind of a guy who looks like he's on the decline, yeah. that just makes life so much harder for Joe. It does, and I mean, plus the fact he's been dealing with this calf thing and has had to miss some time, and like Orlando Brown's new, like you know, he's still probably on some <laughs> level learning how to block for Joe Burrow. You know, like he's really good. Obviously, it's part of the reason why they went out to get him, but. I think there's a lot at play here with this Bengals offense. And, I mean, truthfully, and we can talk about this more, like, later in the week, I think this game almost, like, to me on surface level, means more for the Browns than it does for the Bengals. So I'm curious to see how 
they handle those stakes, how this defense handles those stakes, and, and everything that comes along with that. So I'm glad you said that because that kind of leads into what I was thinking, right? Like Kevin is going to flatline it this week. He's not going to he's not going to give up anything. But we do get to go open locker room this week, Mary Kay. We are going to hear from Browns players. We might hear from a guy like Greg Newsom, or we're going to hear from some guys that maybe you know can get a little loose when you start talking about the Bengals a little bit and. There'll be clips coming out of the Bengals locker room. We'll hear from Jamar Chase. And, you know, Joe Joe Burrow's not going to say anything. But there is there is some underlying tension here between these two teams. And I think that's kind of what I'm keeping an eye on is, like, I agree with Ashley. I think this game as a whole means more to the Browns than it does the Bengals. But, to steal your phrase again, when the first starts flying, sometimes we forget about that or that the teams forget about that. Like all of a sudden this game does mean the world to the Bengals. So they want to come in and make a statement. And I just wanted to see how both sides sort of approach this thing. Well, I think all you need to do is look at Joe Burrow's Instagram and see him (laughs) with his uh, Cleveland Cavs too tight Jersey on from when he was probably 12. Uh, And I think that's just so hilarious. It shows that he does have a sense of humor about this, but there's also the underlying message that it is Cleveland week and it is go time for him. I think he really, really wants to go out there, obviously, and beat the Cleveland Browns. He's one and four against the Browns. And that is mind blowing to me. Uh, But for one reason or another, it, you know, he just hasn't really been able to beat the Browns. They've had the Bengals number. They've won eight of the last 10 against the Bengals. (laughs) Eight of the last 10. That is also mind-blowing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, they have had the Bengals' number. So, I don't know. Unless the Bengals have really changed some things up, I, I just don't see why the Browns aren't going to win this game, especially with Joe coming off the calf. And so there's always been, like, a big brother, little brother thing with Pittsburgh, right? There's always been, like, you could always, especially when Ben was there, but even still... Pittsburgh loves beating the Browns. You can just tell. And they take like they take pride in it, and they don't want to lose to this team. And I, Baltimore is the same way. And the Browns have, won, have beaten those teams a few times. But, like, still, it's just different. I've never, I don't know, I guess I've never gotten that sense from the Bengals as much, and maybe it's just because they haven't had the success. Like, yeah. there isn't that. There isn't that mental hurdle, I guess, that the Browns have to get over with the Bengals. It's kind of the other way around. I was going to say, I think it's like the other way around. And I think like, you know, over the last couple of years, especially, it feels like even when this team has been struggling or like going through something like obviously in 2021, right? It's they get the win the week of all the Odell Beckham (laughs) Jr. drama. And then last year, it's like this defense was going through so many issues early in the season and then they come out in that Halloween game in prime time they you know the secondary especially Greg Newsome was kind of holding on to those comments by made by the Bengals receivers in an offseason podcast and um, I don't even remember what those comments were anymore but those guys do right like they have made this like their mission I think like it definitely means a lot for this team to beat the Bengals and I think it is the other way around in that regard Dan so that's an interesting point Ashley, like when the Browns have kind of just beat up the Bengals, there's always been something going on in the background, it feels like. And it was sort of normal last year. Obviously, it was Deshaun's second game back, but um, I don't know. There there wasn't as much happening, and the Browns kind of showed up, and the Bengals just beat them. Maybe it's a bad thing that, like, 
something crazy hasn't happened. Now it's Monday, so we've covered this team long enough to know that there's a long time between now and Sunday. Maybe it's a bad thing. There's nothing crazy happening, Mary Kay. Maybe maybe everything being normal helps the Bengals. Yeah, you know, I, the thing that I keep thinking about is if the Browns lose this game, they have to go into Pittsburgh on Monday night football and try to beat the Steelers when you just know that that's never an easy thing to do. Never an easy thing to do. Uh, and I think that that just adds to the importance of it. And as Kevin Stefanski noted, uh, nobody else has a situation like this where they are meeting their three division foes in the first four weeks of the season. And they've got to get it started right. And, uh, and I just, I don't know. It just seems like there is so much writing on this game, even though it's the opener. And even though there are 16 more games after this, I think it's a tone setter. I think it's a page turner. It's like, let's, let's change our fortune in, you know, in openers. Uh, let's, you know, rewrite the script and do things differently. And I just think that it's, it's such a big game, even though it's not a deal breaker, but because of the three AFC North games in the first four weeks, uh, they've got to come out of that stretch looking really good. And this speaks a little bit to what Ashley was saying about this game maybe meaning more for the Browns. So the Bengals play the Ravens in week two, but then they get the Rams at Tennessee, at Arizona, and then they've got this stretch where they go Seattle, uh, at San Francisco, and Buffalo. But, the, you know, once they get through their first two games, even if they lose them both, they could be three and two. You know, with, with the Rams, Titans, and Cardinals, their schedule eases up. The Browns... They've got to play. They get Tennessee in week three. But again, this goes for the Bengals, too. I never think the Titans are a gimme necessarily. But then they got to play San Francisco after the bye. Like, this could either be a really great month for the Browns or a really challenging month for the Browns. There's a world where they're four and one and we're talking Super Bowl during the bye week or they're one and four, Ashley. And it's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? I know. I mean, it can, it's just part of like the unpredictability, I think, of this season for me. Like, you know, when we've been talking about, oh, like, what are our season predictions and thinking about these things, I'm like, I could see a reality where this team is six and 11 just as easy as I can see a reality where they're 11 and six. I mean, truly. And I think in a micro scale, it's that in like the first five games, four or five games. Um, and it's, it's tough. I mean, it's a tough stretch that they have. It's, I think, tougher than the Bengals. That bye week is so early. Um, I just think there's, there's no sugarcoating how bad that bye week is. I know Kevin Stefanski would not bite when we had the whole schedule discussion, but that is a part of the story of this season and how many games they might have to play in a row and the fact that they're not going to have a chance to correct some things later as the season goes. But I think it's, it is a big one to start this out. And I think for that reason and for pent up feelings and emotions and, you know, recent rivalry history, I just think all of it means more for the Browns going into it. And I, I think that um, one of the reasons why you can actually say what you just said uh, with the disparity in records is the fact that everything is new. There's a new defensive coordinator, new special teams coordinator, all new offense, apparently, so many new players on this team, including 24 new. Now, that's not that unusual, but even amongst the starters on defense, it's been overhauled. Um, kicker overhauled, you know, a lot of different things. Um, but it's new schemes, new playbook, new everything. And no one knows how quickly that's all going to come together. You know, I made, uh, when I wrote something yesterday, I was making the point that, I mean, you can kind of predict what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to look like together. 
for the most part. Now, they'll always come up with new wrinkles, and they've been able to turn over their receiving core and make that work, but for the most part, the base of Andy and Patrick is everybody knows what to expect from there. Nobody really knows what to expect yet from Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson. Is it going to get called the way that's in the best interest of Deshaun? Is Deshaun going to be able to execute it in the way that's in the best interest of Kevin Stefanski? Are all these guys rotating in on the defensive line? Are they going to get in and out quickly? And, you know, are they going to have the communication issues that they had last year at all? Is the new kicker going to be able to come in here, especially the fact that he just isn't even here today on the first day of practice, going to be able to come into a brand new team and seamlessly just kick away? There are just so many unknowns for this football team right now. And I I think we, we could say new quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, obviously he's not new, but he is. Right. He wasn't this time a year ago. We weren't getting ready for Deshaun Watson to start. Right. So, uh, yeah, everything's new. Okay. Well, that'll do it for this uh, Labor Day edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're getting into game week. We'll have a Hey Mary Kay podcast coming up. And then we are full go on the NFL season. Wednesday is kind of the first official day of prep for Cincinnati, even though we've all been getting ready for this game for months and months and months. So follow along at cleveland.com slash Browns. That's where you can become a football insider, subscriber, the blue banner at the top of the page. Find us on Instagram, search Orange and Brown Talk, and find us on YouTube. Go there and search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.